Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Word of God. We are studying the Gospel of John. Today is episode 92, and we're looking at John chapter 4, verses 25 through 30. Jesus has been talking with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman in the Samaritan town of Sychar. They have been uh, having a discussion about water. Jesus shifted it to living water. Then they talked about the true place to worship. And then Jesus said that the Father is seeking worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. Well, let's read today's passage. John chapter 4, 25 through 30. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then his disciples arrived, and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar, went into town, and told the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. Well, Jesus and this woman are having a theological discussion. They're talking about whether the proper place to worship is Mount Gerizim, or whether it's Jerusalem, Jesus says, that's not the point. The point is worshiping in spirit and in truth. Now, the woman's already said, I see that you are a prophet, because he told her things about her own life, things she may not have wanted to talk about. Jesus has challenged the validity of the Samaritan worship, since they are denying a significant portion of the word of God. He says, You don't know what you're worshiping, but the Jews do know. Well, here she comes back and says, well, I do know this. I know that the Messiah is coming. Then John adds, who is called Christ. The Samaritans believed in a a Messiah would come, that a Savior would come, the, the man of God would come. They didn't base that on the entire Old Testament, of course, because they rejected most of the Old Testament. But in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, there are allusions to a Messiah coming. And specifically, based on her comment, in Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, God says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. Now that phrase, he will tell them everything, fits with the woman's description here of the Messiah. She says, I know the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. So she's using the uh, the Samaritan words to describe the, the coming of the Messiah. When the Messiah comes, he's going he's gonna to explain everything to us, because that's what it says in Deuteronomy 18. Now, interesting, the word everything here, this is the only place that John uses this in his entire gospel. I'm not sure if that's significant, but just something to note. So, she knows the Messiah is coming, and when the Messiah comes, he's going to explain everything. Then in verse 26, Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. He's pretty plain about this, where everywhere else, when he's in the Jewish territory, he won't say exactly who he is, or when people do come to the realization of who he is, he tells them to keep it quiet. But here in Samaria, he plainly says 
I am he. So why is that? Why, why is Jesus, uh, well, one, why does he not want it out in the open back in uh, Jerusalem or even in Galilee? Well, because they are very confused about the Messiah. Most of the people are looking for a political figure, a military figure, a, a great leader to come and lead the people to greatness in the world. So they're thinking of the here and now and, and is uh, Israel standing in the world, and they want to see Israel res- restored to its ancient glory, that's what they're interested in. They're not interested in a savior, particularly one who's going to die on a cross. And so Jesus doesn't reveal himself so that they don't get caught up. Because remember, there's one place where the people are about to make him king by force, but he walks away from them. Here in Samaria, though, that's probably not going to happen as he's uh, more free with who he is so I the one speaking to you am he now there is no word he in the Greek so the literal translation of this phrase is I that speak to you I am now this I am phrase the the Greek phrase is ego ami I am John uses that in a significant way. It, it occurs a lot in the Bible. It's, you know, I am anything. But I am has special meaning because it goes back to Moses at the burning bush. When God appears to Moses and calls Moses to go lead his people out of Egypt, Moses says, well, who are you? And, and God responds, I am who I am. And when Moses says, well, who, who am I going to tell the Hebrew people that sent me? And God says, tell them that I am sent you. Now, there's a lot to be said about the whole idea of the, the Hebrew phrase, I am, meaning I am who I am, I am who I will be, I am the self-sufficient one, I am just the one who is. But I am, and the, the Hebrew word for that is, is Yahweh. That's why we refer to, to God as Yahweh. I am. Well, ego me is the Greek word or phrase for I am. And this is the first use of it that John uses in his gospel with Jesus. Now, there's traditionally seven I am statements that uh, are in the John's gospel where he talks about I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world. I am the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way of the truth and the life, I am the true vine. The, uh, the eighth one is uh, where Jesus is in the temple and says, I am. And that's where they look to stone him because of that. So there's debate over which of these are reference to deity, which of them are not. And the question here is this one, when Jesus is admitting that he's the Messiah is he's purposely using this I am phrase uh, linkage back to the burning bush. Uh, Some say yes, some say no. Uh, Hard to say, but John always has these double meanings, so it wouldn't surprise me if that was his intention. The woman says, we know there's a Messiah coming. Jesus says, well, that happens to be me. And just then his disciples come back. They're amazed that he's talking with a woman. Yet no one said... What do you want, or why are you talking with her? We, we talked earlier about the it's a scandal for a, a man to be seen p- 
publicly talking to a woman, even his own wife, out in public, just isn't done. So when the disciples come back and hear Jesus uh, having a chat with this woman at the well, they're a little shocked, a little surprised. But no one dares say anything to him. Why not? Why don't they say, hey, Jesus, what are you doing? I, I think they've probably been around him long enough, which would be any time at all, to learn when you challenge Jesus, you suddenly find yourself the object of a lesson uh, about faith. So they are uh, probably very hesitant to challenge Jesus about anything, lest they become an object lesson themselves. So verse 28, the disciples have returned, and the woman leaves her water jar and went into town and told the people. She said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? She's intrigued by this. So intrigued she left her water jar and uh, hot-footed it back into town to specifically to tell people when she just happened to go home and along the way met some people because she came to the well to get water. She left the water jug at the well and went back and to tell people. What is going on? Do you think this could be the Messiah? He knew everything. So is she a believer? Well, probably not. She's intrigued, highly intrigued. She's uh, very much uh, uh, attracted to Jesus and impressed by Jesus, but she obviously has doubts. She's saying, do you think maybe this might could be the Messiah? Maybe she's hoping he is the Messiah. You know, is she an actual believer? It's hard to say, but I don't don't think so. But yet she's still a witness. Here she is. She's not a follower of Jesus yet. She's not uh, fully a believer, but she's still a witness for Jesus. And that's an interesting uh, concept that someone who's not even a believer can still be a witness for Jesus. And people respond, says in verse 30, they left the town and made their way to him. Obviously, they're intrigued. And they don't just say, hey, that's that crazy lady who's saying all kinds of crazy things. She said the sincerity at which she gave her testimony about what she had encountered was enough to pique their interest and cause them to leave the town and head for the well because they want to see for themselves what this thing is, who this guy is. Who is this one who knows everything about people, and could it really be the Messiah? Well, here's an interesting challenge for us. If this woman, who is not even fully a believer, can be a witness for Jesus, how about us who are fully committed followers of Christ? Are we being witnesses for Jesus in our daily lives? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.